Hello to you all and welcome to another installment of the Pitcast by us here at the Pit Crew Online. From the fans, for the fans. On this week's episode, we come ready to discuss the climatic conclusion of the Bahrain Grand Prix, where Lewis Hamilton engage in an enthralling battle to the finish with Red Bull's Max Verstappen. I am your host, Adam Wheeler, resident IndyCar editor and fellow contributor at the Pit Crew Online. And joining me are two special returning guests. Uh, first of all, we have our Formula One contributor and fellow Red Bull superfan, Ashley. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I'm Ashley. I've been on here a couple times now. Yeah, massive, massive Red Bull fan, um, specifically a Max fan. So <laughs> this was a painful race. It was an exciting race, but it was a painful one. But we'll talk about it in a bit. I <laughs> say, so, yeah, your um, your messages on the group chat after the race were quite just underlined how much one, my, one word were, answers. Yeah. That's but, yeah, that was it. <laughs> but we'll we'll get into that. And um, also joining us, of course, is our fellow BTCC editor, Aaron. Say hi, Aaron. Now then, guys, you're all right. Yeah, yeah good man, good man. Uh, so let's just get into it. So uh, after pitting earlier onto hard tyres, Hamilton was forced onto a 28-lap stint, while Verstappen chased him down on fresher medium tyres. With little over 10 laps remaining, the fight everyone has been waiting for came closer and closer until Verstappen charged around the outside of turn four, uh, placing all four wheels off the track in order to do so. We all thought the battle was won until a message from race control forced Red Bull to instruct Verstappen to let Hamilton back through to Ashley's dismay. <laughs> um, with two laps to go, Hamilton used what was left of his hard rubber to fend off the charging Dutchman and take the chequered flag to achieve his 96th win in Formula One and win the Bahrain Grand Prix. So let's just get into this. You know, what? while Mercedes will see this as a massive win, um, in the hopes for the 2021 season, considering many factors over the weekend, the, the main question I want to ask you guys really is, was Lewis and Mercedes lucky to win the Bahrain Grand Prix? Um, Max Verstappen did absolutely everything possible to get that win and will feel gutted that he didn't come away with the glory. Ashley, what do you think? Um, short answer is yes, I think so. <laughs> um, personally, I sort of saw it as Red Bull's race to lose, um, and they did marginally, I would say. Um, I think when Hamilton won the race, like the reaction in the Mercedes garage just said it all. Like for me, Toto celebrating in that way, like, yeah, they all, they've all gotten used to winning after so many seasons of being so dominant. But that one, I think it seemed a little bit more significant because they'd sort of reserve, like just come to peace with the fact that, oh, it's probably not going to be our weekend. Um, especially when, I mean, even in the lead up, Hamilton was like, yeah, Red Bull look really strong, you know, and he'd sort of already mentally prepared himself, I guess. So yeah, I, I don't think it was a result that anybody really expected. But it made for a more interesting race, I think. It wasn't just a clear-cut, oh, Hamilton's in front, that's it. It was definitely a really good like season opener, I would say. Mm. But not what the res not the result I'd have wanted, personally. Yeah, I, I, I've got to agree. It's probably one of the best season openers we've seen in a long time. I, I had a friend who just started watching Formula One for the first time this season after watching Drive to Survive, and he, and he messaged yeah. me saying, if that's what Formula One is, I'm so on board. So, you know, what a race to start. Yeah. Um, Aaron? You know, what, what do you think? Was uh, Lewis lucky to win, win that race? 
I mean, I think it was just nice to see Mercedes on the back foot for once. And it was only Max Verstappen's fourth pole position, which baffled me a little bit. Is that, you know, is that his first back-to-back pole position? Did I hear that right? Could have been. I'm not too sure. Yeah. I know he's only had four, which, like I say, how quick Max is, is baffling. Mm. Um, he's only had four. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Mercedes were pretty lucky going into the race. Red Bull were the quicker team um, through practice, through qualifying. And yeah, it was really good to see Mercedes squirm a little bit, um, you know, and actually feel like they've looked out for once rather than they're the ones just dominating. That's a good point, Aaron. I mean, they did they did feel the pressure and they did win. And I think last year we had a lot of situations where Mercedes came under pressure and then they came unstuck due to that pressure, you know, um, back in Sakir. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, possibly Russia. But there's been a couple of times last year where people said as soon as Mercedes actually had a fight on their hands, they just crumbled. But it seems like today they came through and actually did it. But there's a part of me that thinks Red Bull were the faster car. And um, Mm. that sort of was underlined at first at pre-season testing. And we kept saying, you know, are Red Bull going to be the season contenders this year? Do they have the pace? Um, and that pole position that Max got confirmed that. And it was just a, yeah. such a surprise to see Lewis just do enough to, even even with the slower car, still fend off Max Verstappen. Yeah, there was a number of factors that contributed to it, though, I think. Yeah. Well, we'll get onto it, yeah. No, fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're ready to get into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, one of those factors we'll talk about, I guess we'll move on to it right now, is um, is the track limits, of course, the thing that really decided Max Verstappen's place in this race. Um, mm. You know, it's got people really riled up that Lewis Hamilton went all four wheels off at turn one, I think about 29 times someone counted across the race and was told, I think, halfway through the race that he should stop doing so or or, or at least change his direction going Mm. through that corner. Um, It it seemed odd, though, didn't it? It was like there was this permeable rule that meant one thing at one point and then one thing at another. Um, And a lot of people are using that as an argument to say, well, well, you know, double standards, you know, if Verstappen did that using an overtake and got penalised for it, why shouldn't Lewis 29 times going a bit too much over turn four get some sort of penalty himself? But I guess it's a different scenario, isn't it? It's, you know, Verstappen ultimately did a move that um, uh, was for a position. And because he went all four wheels off, that's a different situation, isn't it, Ashley? Yeah, I mean, it was frustrating. Um, track limits generally is something that is a bit of a bone of contention whenever it gets mentioned, I think. Mm. I think the, the problem this weekend was the fact that it was so ambiguous, or it felt really ambiguous. So, like, in qualifying, there were lap times that were being deleted because they'd exceeded track limits, but yet in the race, it didn't quite come into fruition. Um, I think there was a, a radio message to Max where he was saying, uh, I think the engineer maybe mentioned to go go a bit wide in turn four because that's what Lewis is doing. And Max responded with, I thought that was against the rules. Mm. So even then there's a, like, there's a, a weird, just a miscommunication. Mm. And then Lewis is there saying, oh, well, I've been doing it the whole race. And nobody picked up on that. Like, if they if one team is being told, no, you cannot do it, and yet the other team is just, I don't know, it, it was strange. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. It's frustrating. I think for me, the move that Max 
made was similar to was it in Austria against Leclerc? Um, he took uh, him around the outside. I think it was a little bit of a dodgy move, and yeah. there was sort of a bit of a bone of contention about whether he should have got the position. Mm. So I wasn't sure if it was a case of the stewards sort of saying, "Okay, we don't want this kind of situation, Max. You need to give it back." Um, and maybe I'm clutching at straws there. I don't know. It just popped into my head. I was like, actually, looking at it, maybe it was kind of sort of similar situation. Yeah. What yeah. do you guys Aaron, think, Aaron? What What do you think? I mean, Christian Arna said that it gained them 0.2 seconds a lap going off wide. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'd give you two tenths going that wide, to be honest. I mean, you know, we all know what Christian Arna's like, but... <laughs> he'll he'll go that... digging digging some video footage or something to ink as we saw yeah. him drive to survive, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, gaining that much time, supposedly 29 times over a race is, is a lot of time. Mm. Um, you know, which Hamilton's supposedly made, but like Ashley says, he um he said I've been doing this all race, so I don't see what the issue is. You know, it just don't, don't sit right with me for some reason. I mean, I know Michael Massey's come out and said, you know, it's it's been consistent all the way through, but has it? I I, I don't know. No, not when the times are being deleted in qualifying. It's just a bit. I don't know. I, I just feel like they dropped the ball with that. They need to set it. I think. They've done it before in races where they've gone into them and said, look, this is it. This You, you exceed the track limits here and you get your time to it or whatever. I don't understand why they keep missing, why we keep on having this conversation about, oh, that ambiguity. Like, yeah. what is it? I don't know. It's really baffling. It's so strange. I don't know if it's because a race is... You know, it's happening live, whereas if your lap time's deleted, you've probably got time to go do another lap, yeah. whether it be as good. But because the race is here and gone real quick, that's what... It's the only conclusion I can make is that yeah. they can't redo that situation. If mm-hmm. Max overtakes and gains an advantage, as they say, then they can't redo the race because, mm. you know, Mercedes appeal or whatever. Mm. Yeah, I, I saw something on Twitter earlier where basically all the drivers before the race should have got instructed that actually going all four wheels off turn four was actually okay. And you saw actually a lot of drivers were doing the exact same thing across the race. Sonoda was doing it. Leclerc mm. was doing it. And there's a few pictures to prove that a lot of drivers throughout the race were utilizing it. But the thing that Hamilton was doing was he was going too far off um, at turn four. So that it wasn't actually the fact that all four wheels were off the track. It was just how far he was actually taking it. Um, mm. And that's obviously where the blurring of the lines goes, because it's not like you can enforce that. It's it's like, how, how can you, how can you measure being yeah. like, say five meters off turn four or being 10 meters off turn four? There's no, it's an arbitrary number. So if you're going to tell someone, okay, you can actually go off at turn four, but not, but actually just a little bit, that you can't yeah. do that. It's either all or nothing. Otherwise, drivers will exploit it because you know what drivers are like. They see something yeah. and they'll they'll push it to the absolute limits. And mm. that was the radio message that Red Bull put to Max because they saw Hamilton was going so far off that they said to Max, OK, you do exactly the same thing because he's gaining time. Yeah. Um, and I think they may have potentially radioed both of them and maybe about three quarters of the way through the race to then say, oh, no, please cut back on what you both of you are doing because it's actually going a bit too far off. Mm. Um, it was strange. It was really strange. Yeah. Mm. Only part way through the race as well. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> if, they'd, if they'd have highlighted it, if that's what happened, they should have been keeping an eye out for it because, as you know, drivers are going to do what they're going to do. Like, they're going to push it. But it's done now, isn't it? 
it's something i'm sure it won't be the last time that we're talking about trap limits <laughs> no it's uh, old-fashioned let's just bring back gravel traps they won't do it will they that's yeah. it that's it gravel traps we love them don't we um, yeah. i think does imola imola's quite like that isn't it so uh, yep. it, there's a lot of uh, gravel traps and not a lot of runoff so you know we're not hopefully we won't see the same thing repeated in three weeks but mm. um i mean because max was told to go back um and give the place back to hamilton um that almost inferred that race control got in contact with red bull instantly to say right this is this is what you've got to do which i found really strange because you don't you don't tend to see that you, you always tend to see them either wait to the end of the race or they give a penalty yeah. and max said on the radio uh once he was finishing the race he said to um the team why didn't you let me keep the place but then push for a fight to build a five second gap in front of hamilton yeah. to almost preempt that penalty and regardless if we'd got one or not we still could have chanced in order to get that race win um yeah. did you guys find that odd like why didn't they why didn't he, they just keep him out i'm surprised that it was race control that got in touch so fast um I I mean, as a, if you were watching it live, I sort of imagined, oh, they'd just done the sportsmanshipy, you know, the good thing of actually giving it back because it was an ambiguous place to overtake. Um, but yeah, it is surprising. Usually it would be just be like, oh, under investigation, or, you know, and they take absolutely ages to deliberate, you know. Yeah. Um, but there again, they've done that before and then we've been waiting hours and hours before. I think there was a, oh, who was it that was writing a race report for, for previously and the race actual race result wasn't determined until three or four hours after the race had been finished because they were investigating something. It was ridiculous. We were sat, we were waiting for ages. So maybe they've learned a lesson, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't take too long when you're deciding something. But to me, as I, as I was watching it, I thought, okay, they've just done like the good thing of giving it back and they'll actually fight in a healthy way maybe not a dodgy way mm-hmm. the, the commentators were going mental they thought he was having a problem they thought he'd got an engine mm. issue and i i thought the exact same thing i thought oh my gosh look at him slow down <laughs> but that that didn't that didn't turn out to be he got right back on the the gearbox of hamilton um mm-hmm. what do you think aaron do you, do you think they should have just chanced it and built a five second gap in front or could or did they have no choice in the matter I mean, I think if they didn't give it back, maybe they were wary of the FIA giving them a sterner penalty in just five seconds. Maybe mm. they give it ten seconds. Said Sadio will make it impossible for you to win, regardless. Um, I think where he give it back is probably the wrong place. I think he slowed down a bit too much, and Hamilton just sped off. Mm. But this thing about two tenths a lap for twenty nine times—that's five point eight seconds. Mm. So if you get that off Hamilton's time, if it was a five-second penalty, then Verstappen would have edged it. If my maths is right, but I think the yeah, I think they were just worried about getting a either a getting a standard penalty or b. There's no guarantee he'd, he'd have pulled out a five-second lead. I mean, I know Hamilton's yeah. tyres were a lot older, but he still had a lot of pace on them tyres. You know, there was a big wobble afterwards when uh, you know when he thought, oh, he's going to take he's going to take Hamilton straight away in a better position. Um. He just went all over the place for a bit. It was so strange to watch. I thought, oh God, you know, is he actually, is he suddenly just lost the tyres? Like, yeah. locked up into that. I thought, this is it, this is Max's chance, but not quite. I, that was it, wasn't it? I mean, as soon as he did that, he, he scrubbed his tyres, which wouldn't have helped for about a lap or two. And that, that was pretty much instrumental. And I guess that feeds into the conversation as well as to whether Lewis was lucky or not. I mean, 
could was Max actually going to chase him down after he had made that mistake? Um, you know, regardless, Max did make that mistake at that turn and that could have cost him the race anyway. Um, mm. But I think we kind of also need to acknowledge, Lewis, you know, how good Lewis was for those final 10 laps. I don't know how old those tyres were in the end. It was like, was it 20 laps or something along those lines? It was, he, he, he was complaining about the rears basically throughout that entire time. And I think when you've got a driver of that ability who can hold off a driver like Max Verstappen on 15 lap fresher tyres on a compound harder than the person who's chasing you down. Um, this is why Hamilton is one of the best in the business, really. And this is why Mercedes need to keep, you know, keep him on board because that those kind of results are the fine lines which are going to ultimately win you a championship. Yeah, I mean, if Bottas was in that situation, would he have held Max off? I mean, I don't think he would. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right, Aaron. I don't think Bottas would have done that. Alonso and Michael Schumacher in 2005 Emola where um, Alonso just held Schumacher off Schumacher was on his gearbox for like the last 10 laps and he just so resiliently held him off which mm. is the mark of a brilliant driver I think especially mm. when you've got someone like Max Verstappen who is probably the heir apparent to Hamilton's crown if you ask me so mm. yeah, it, was, it, it was compelling viewing I mean I'm not a massive Hamilton fan as it's probably known but <laughs> I, you can't fault it I can't begrudge what he did it's, it was impressive mm. um, <laughs> I, it was it was amazing and and going back to um something that Luca said in the chat uh just before we went on on here was um Perez's formation lap when when he broke down he had you know um he sacrificed one lap of the race by doing that you know and had Max Verstappen had one more lap to push for, for Hamilton, I think he was something like eight, seven or eight tenths going into that final corner. You know, one more lap. Could he have done it? <laughs> had Perez not have broken down on that on that formation lap? Um, who knows? That's, you know, I'm putting my tin four on my tin hat on now. <laughs> um, trying to clutch at straws. But um, you know, maybe maybe that was instrumental in uh giving giving Lewis Hamilton the win in the end. Um Going slightly off Mercedes now onto Red Bull in general, let's talk about them because even though they may feel robbed considering the result yesterday, they can take plenty of positives away, can't they? Because Verstappen took pole by almost half a second, was it? Or four tenths or something, which is, you know, it's massive when you consider the person who you're going up against. That underlined the performance that we saw in pre-season testing, you know, not only are Red Bull looking like title challengers, but they're now looking like title challengers at the fi the first race of the season, which is not mm. something we're used to seeing. You know, this could be a classic, couldn't it? Finally. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Yes. How long have we been waiting? <laughs> um, Too long. Oh, God. How many podcasts have we done with? Yeah, yeah. Hamilton, Mercedes have dominated again. Yeah, yeah. You know, and <laughs> finally, you know, fair play to Mercedes, they've done very well. But finally, oh, we can talk about like obviously my favorite team, but just like some good racing. Mm. Like we've been waiting, we've been starved of this for so long. And it's so nice to see Mercedes sweat. And we said it right <laughs> at the start, but it's just, well, it's, it's so promising for F1. And there's something about like, I don't know about you guys, but like going into this weekend, it was it's so exciting. There was so much change about on the paddock, even like, I mean, I'm talking like I was there, but it felt like there was so much change and there's 
so much promise. And I think, yeah, obviously Red Bull look really strong. And I mean, I did the the little bit of uh, the launch for when when they released the car, and there wasn't a lot of change, but they were making a lot of um, noise about the fact that they had this engine, and they were pretty proud of that. And I mean, it delivered. They've put their money where their mouth is, literally, and and it seems to be doing well. I mean, it's the first race, so let's not go ahead, get ahead of ourselves. Mm. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it's good for Red Bull, but I think just generally, like we've got so much to look forward to with a load of teams. I think I, I'm excited to see how McLaren do as well because I mean, Lando in P4, he one, if one we just remove Bottas. <laughs> Um, I think he would be consistently on the podium. So it would just take Bottas as like a dodgy weekend and I think we'll be able to see McLaren up there. And Sonoda as well. He did really well, I think. Yep. Um, anyway, sorry, I'm really... <laughs> what do you guys think? <laughs> no, no, I'm just no, really excited. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, no, Aaron, um, what do you think? Can can Red Bull take positives away from this from this weekend? Oh, of course they can, yeah. I mean... Like I said, there's no point getting ahead of yourself. There's another 22 races, uh, you know, to go. And Ferrari have won the first race before. And Mercedes have just let, we'll let you have that one, but we'll we'll beat you in the end. Um, but for the first time in a long time, I was excited. I've become real cynical of F1 at the minute. You know, oh, Hamilton's just going to win again. I'm I'm not watching it. Oh, I'll watch it, but I'll be on my phone on Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is the first one in a long time where I've sat there on the edge of my seat, like, oh, come on, come on, mm. come on, Max. Um, but you know. I'm just glad we're having a fight for once. It's not a procession. It's not a case of we're going into the weekend thinking, oh, Mercedes will be top, Red Bull will be near them. We've still got Ham, Verstappen, Bottas, but it was exciting for once. Different order. Yeah. 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 Well, not this weekend, but, you know, give it time. Well, I'll I'll take it. You know, it was good. It's interesting, isn't it? Because as we touched on there, the the Honda Power Unit seems absolutely like it's revitalised Red Bull. But not only that, but because of the different aerodynamic rules that have gone into this season that have either favoured or not favoured the high rake or low rake cars, it also looks like they've got an advantage through the, through the high speed corners as well. So, you know, going to a track like Imola, where there's a lot of high speed corners, maybe Red Bull will potentially be favourites going into that race. Mm, I don't know if, I think, I think the Red Bulls generally, I mean, I could be completely wrong because I'm not an overly technical person. Like you probably need to speak to somebody else about that. But <laughs> I feel like the Red Bulls generally tend to struggle on straight line speed against the Mercedes anyway. Yeah. Um, they've always generally been stronger on, with cornering. So maybe we're going to see them. It's not just going to be like a couple of tenths or whatever. It's going to be like mm. a bit more. And I'm jumping ahead of myself again. <laughs> it's exciting. It's good. It's it's exciting. No, it really is. And, um, you know, a part of me thinks, where could Perez have finished had he not have started from the pit lane as well? Um, you know, he fought all the way up to fifth place. But let's face it, if he'd started from 11th on those medium tyres... I personally think he could have finished ahead of Bottas. I think it could have been a Perez Hamilton. Um, sorry, uh, <laughs> Perez Hamilton. Um, <laughs> Hamilton Verstappen Perez podium. What do you guys think about really? that? Mm. I kind of sort of see him as um, in a similar vein as uh, Ricardo. Mm. I think he's still sort of trying to find his feet with the car. Maybe I could be mm. wrong, but I think yeah, give him time. Mm. Maybe not this race. I don't. I didn't envision him doing too much this race, but in a, maybe in a little while. Mm. we'll see mm. and if not well they're kind of stuck with him for this year 
They can't really. Or can they get him out? Can Unless can they get him they out of the seat? Alban That's, back. That was another, <laughs> yeah. That was another thing on the group chat. <laughs> That's for maybe another podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I agree with you there. I think yeah, it, the all the new drivers into those new teams against experienced teammates seem to struggle. Um, you know, mm. Signs, Ricardo, Perez, they all lacked maybe a few tenths in comparison to their teammates, but. Give him a few races. Maybe to maybe we shouldn't expect something to maybe the halfway point of the season or maybe the third of, yeah. of the season until we really start to see them get up to speed with their teammates. I think, um, yeah. but they all put in a good shift. They all put in a good shift. Um, you yeah. know, Signs had some really good race pace on his final stint and closed from eight seconds up up to zero point seven seconds in about ten laps on Ricardo. You know, Ricardo was holding his own in that midfield fight, and Perez obviously fought through. So that yeah. you know, they've got the talent. They just need to get up to speed with that car, don't they? And then and yeah. then they'll be there. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. It should be a good season, though. Yeah, but what could be instrumental for Red Bull is that they now potentially may have a second driver who can sweep up those constructors' points, and then they yes. could take that constructors' fight to Mercedes mm. as mm. like the dark horse. So, so it's not necessarily a case of the one and two all the time consistently but if they're chipping away at it hopefully <laughs> exciting <laughs> i can't wait I, oh i just can't wait for the rest of the season I, I can't believe we've got um three weeks i'm not used to such a long wait up and you know other than the summer break it just if feels like all... ages until we can we gotta yeah get them but back. if they all go ahead we've got so many races yeah. coming it's the it's the longest calendar yeah oh my god yeah, you, you're all going to be sick of me by the end. <laughs> we're going to we're going to be seeing a lot of each other on the group chat. We'll put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think we'll call it there, guys. I think we've uh, we've talked about that fantastically. Thank you so much for um, for for coming on, being here with us. Um, thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed this and want to find more of our content, make sure to look out for us on Twitter. Facebook, YouTube, or Spotify, and visit our website at www.thepitcrewonline.net. A special thank you to Ashley and uh, Aaron for joining us. Guys, uh, where can our listeners find you on social media? Um, so on Twitter, at Aaron Erwin7. And I'm uh, love underscore Lee and two kisses on Twitter. Fantastic. And obviously, you can find me at tw- on Twitter at Wheeler underscore deals. So that's it for another episode of the Pitcast. And as always, we will see you out on Saturday.